Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Mick Clifford Podcast with the Irish Examiner. No. Does this country give enough weight to the whole business of making provision for new parents to spend time with their newborn child? This, of course, is something that's a conflict, really, between the world of work and the world of home and nurturing. And it's fair to say that it's been a huge issue for parents all over the country in general, and very often for mothers in particular. We have legislation, we have it for years, and I think we have to thank Europe to a large extent to uh, getting the whip cracking in that respect. Uh, That provides for maternity leave and now for paternity leave as well. But I also think it's reasonable to suggest we also have attitudes in some parts of society which may be in conflict with the law in that respect. And very often holding these attitudes to account is no easy matter. To discuss this whole area, I'm joined by Irish Examiner political correspondent and relatively new mother, Elaine Lachlan. Elaine, you're welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Mick. Elaine, this is an issue that arises every now and again, and it's something I think you've looked at in your professional life, but am I right that it came up for you in a personal way during your maternity leave earlier this year? Yes, well, maternity leave and now paternity leave is one of those divisive issues, I suppose, Mick. Um, You have mothers who want more uh, or extended maternity leave beyond the 26 weeks that's currently in place. They believe it's not enough. You have others who believe fathers and mothers should both be getting the same amount of leave. You will have others then on the, the opposing side who the 26 weeks that's currently available is probably just a fairy tale. And I'm thinking of self-employed women who, if they were to leave their business for six months, may not have a business to return to. And then you have other women who, by the very nature of their work, feel that taking that long off is it's it's difficult and it's perhaps not what they want to do and and more flexibility maybe to allow them back earlier or on a part-time basis might be a better option for them of course that's not available at the moment um as you said in my own instance I took maternity leave I came back in September um was very happy to take maternity leave and I think it's something that actually mothers have feel that they have to say, whereas it's not a case for fathers. Um, and that that mother's guilt creeps in when you're saying you love your job and you love coming back to work. Um, but in my own case, I had when I, during my pregnancy, I'd looked into the possibility of perhaps coming back on a part-time basis. Um, at the time, I was thinking I was due to take maternity leave in February. We were looking at a general election in May. Now, that didn't happen. It came a lot sooner. Um, But as you know, Mick, general elections for political correspondents are kind of the Olympics of our game. Um, But when I did look into that, it wasn't a possibility. It's It's a use it or lose it situation for maternity leave in this country. So you either take it as one big lump or chunk of six months and you come back. Or if you decide to come back early, even for a day or so, that's you forfeiting your entitlement to maternity benefit. Yeah, just looking at that for a minute, Elaine, and, and just as you say, taking your own situation as an example, 
it was. <laughs> I'm not a political correspondent, but naturally I have an interest in it. But somebody who's thrust into the middle of it, like in, in your job, obviously a highly exciting time. General election, uh, totally new political dispensation, drawn out period over which who's going to go into government with whom, etc. The whole thing. I can imagine somebody like yourself possibly sitting at home and a part of you saying, Christ, get back in there for a week or two. This stuff is... You know, you need your fix to some extent. I mean, would that be fair? And and if you had had that option, perhaps you you would have maybe come back for a period or come back on and off and 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 spread out your uh, your maternity leave in that respect. Yes, and I think it was probably a a, a, ta- a period of time where my newborn son was as familiar with the the sound of Michal Martin, Leo Varadkar <laughs> and Mary Lou McDonald's voices as, as maybe his own parents. Um, so, so, some people would call that child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. But it is, I know my own situation was a unique situation, um, but there are other instances, I'm thinking of maybe barristers who might have a body of work that they'd have to, or feel that they they would like to take on and and then could be quiet afterwards and that may coincide with their maternity leave as i said already the issue of um self-employed women and women running their own businesses even if they could dip their toe in maybe for once a week or an hour or two a week and still have that maternity benefit that cushion um to protect them financially while they they look after their newborn child that would really help um, and it's just that lack of really flexibility. You wonder, is it just a case that it was never changed because it might be a bit awkward for those in the Department of Social Protection to have all of these uh, changes or the ability to go over and back with the maternity leave or take it and then return um, to work and, and then take it again? Um, it, it seems like common sense, as I said, especially in today's uh, working environment where, you know, you've well, we're all working from home or more or less all of us at the moment. So so working conditions have changed even in the last 12 months. But especially those working in, in international companies, multinationals, there is that flexibility. But when it comes to maternity leave, it's, it's, a, it's a take it or leave it situation. And you'll have seen yourself again in your job, Elaine, firsthand, whatever about uh, the media involved in in covering politics, politicians themselves and the fact that I think there is a crash in Leinster House now, but for for female politicians and young fathers, new new fathers as well, I mean the the whole working culture there makes no allowance whatsoever for uh, parents, for new parents in that respect. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, as part of my piece, I, I've spoken to a number of female TDs, senators and councillors about this very issue because there is no entitlement to maternity leave for elected reps at the moment, even though they are the lawmakers and they're deciding what every other woman and and fathers as well in the instance of paternity leave are entitled to. They don't get that same level of entitlement. Now, Holly Kearns, the Social Democrat TD, has been calling for maternity leave to be extended to elected representatives. But then again, it goes down to the difference of opinion on this. You've you've others, such as Lisa Chambers, who herself had, had a baby earlier on this year, her first child. She says, again, taking six months away from the Shannon just wouldn't be a possibility for her and she would prefer more supports um, to be put in place to allow uh, TDs and senators carry on with their work while caring for a newborn child. Um, and I know Marie Sherlock as well of the Labour Party has said if if there was an instance to allow um, 
a person deputise for the mother while she has a, a newborn child would, would greatly help or even to allow women perhaps vote from home for the period that they're on maternity leave. All of those things have to be discussed and, and really have to be addressed if we are to encourage more women to become involved in politics and to put themselves forward for public life um, because we know the numbers are really, really low. Yeah, and I suppose the other element to that is um, the political culture, apart from the hours that politicians have to keep inside in Leinster House, you have that competitive aspect within constituencies because of our proportional representation system, whereby, as you say, if a politician is off the scene, so to speak, for six months, the whole um, clientelism, which is the lifeblood of the system, people coming to you with their various problems, well, if you're not there for six months, it's a bit like a business, it's going to be very slow to come back to you afterwards, especially when you've three or four others who will be there straight away to do whatever they want. I mean, all of those aspects that are simply not taken into account. And I'm focusing on politics, but you could equally apply the same thing, for example, to, you mentioned barristers, areas like that and other areas where people are self-employed, that if you take yourself off the scene for that length of time, you're at a massive disadvantage. And to some extent, you have to effectively start again. Mm -hmm. And I actually spoke to one politician who was uh, in the early stages of pregnancy during the 2019 local elections. And she said that she she spent most of the campaign going around in large scarves covering what was at the time a small bump. But she didn't really want to be seen to be pregnant because, as you said, it would give off the impression that she'll be away out of the game for six months and that might impact her chances of being elected. Yeah. And in the broader sense, Elaine, is it a cultural issue? Because you certainly, certainly on a, a cursory basis, you would seem that in some Scandinavian countries in particular, they give far more weight to the concept of those early months in a child's life. And both in terms of parent, both parents, that there's provision made for them and it, that, that there's an insurance that they're not going to be at a major disadvantage if they take that time, as well as there being some provision for that time to be spread out over a, a particular period. Mm-hmm. And I think while the 26 weeks of paid maternity leave is quite substantial and quite generous, the OECD marks it or ranks it on the whole time equivalent pay. And when you look at that, we actually, as when you consider maternity leave, Irish mothers only get the equivalent of six weeks full time pay um, or paid leave. So it's actually one of the lowest in the OECD. Um, so they, they would be calling, and I know a number of campaigners would be calling on higher rates and perhaps a prolonged period, up to 12 months um, of paid maternity leave. Because while the option is there to take additional unpaid leave, for a lot of families, taking six months with on only one salary is not a possibility and it would put real financial pressure on them. So it's 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 not really something that's even considered by families. Going back to the cultural aspect, Elaine, is there any evidence, I've heard anecdotally, but I don't know how accurate it might be, is there any evidence that, for example, young younger women, because they're childbearers, in, in their 20s and 30s, going for a new job, whether uh, employers try to suss out, like, you know, oh, are you newly married, you know, weighing up in their own minds, is there a possibility that this woman is going to be gone for six months? Do I weigh that into whether or not they get the job and what that's going to cost me, etc.? That type of thing. Do you get the impression that that is still out there? 
I think so. And, you know, obviously it's not overtly mentioned in an interview situation anymore because by law you can't, um, which is a good thing. But I think that thought always exists in women's minds who are a certain age, perhaps married, perhaps in a relationship, going for either, you know, a promotion or a new job. Are they looking at me thinking she's going to be out for six months in the next two years and it's going to be a real, you know, pain in our you know what's as a result. But on the flip side of that, it just seems like such a bizarre frame of mind to have because you don't have situations where uh, employers ask, are you a smoker on the basis of potentially you could get cancer in the future and maybe out um, due to illness. So, you know, workers go out on sick leave, take extended breaks for various different reasons, and it's not just family related But I think one of the emerging things that is happening is um, employers, and I I know it's the case in Diageo, are giving the same amount of leave to both fathers and mothers. So in a sense, that really creates a level playing field and dismisses all notions that women may be looked on as, you know, childbearing years. We we better be careful here, uh, a kind of an attitude. Um, so I know Diageo offer 26 weeks paid leave to both the mothers and the fathers. So in the instance of an interview situation, that possibility is, is completely ruled out and, and doesn't really exist, doesn't come up. So, so it's 26 weeks to both parents or, or is it for the parents to decide which of them avails it but or is it actually for both of them no for both of them if you had if, if the if both parents were working for Diageo they would both be entitled to it um but obviously if you've had if you're a father and you work for that company you can go for the parents leave and it's it's paid for the 26 weeks the same as as mothers are at the moment and there are a no, number of other uh I don't want to just single out Diageo but there are a number of other companies that are going in this direction are going ahead of government really in offering extended leave to fathers that's right, because it's not the case for state jobs at the moment in terms of father's paternal leave. No, state jobs, you only get the, the paternity leave, which is two weeks paid at a rate of €245 Euro, uh, a week, and then it's topped up. Uh, it's the same as maternity leave. And then we have this relatively new payment of parents' leave. That at the moment is two weeks a year or two weeks per parent um, in the first year of, of the child's life. It is going to be extended, it was announced as part of Budget 2021, to five weeks in the first two years. Um, so both parents can avail of this five weeks at €245 Euro state payment as well, up until the child is two years. Um, but apart from that, after that, fathers have to go down the unpaid route um, and there is parental leave that you can take up to the age of 12 around that. Um, but we really do have to get to grips with the whole issue of fathers taking leave because it's really, really low. Um, 92% of women take maternity leave, whereas it's it's less than 50% of men take uh, the paternity leave at the moment. And I know it's a relatively new payment that maybe people aren't fully familiar with it, but it's staggering that it's two weeks and yet we have a large cohort of fathers that are not taking it. And it's really dependent as well on what sector you work in. So, for example, the accommodation and food services sector, 57% of men don't avail of that two weeks paternity leave who are working in that area. 54% of men working in agriculture and forestry don't take it. And then 52% of men working in construction don't take it. 
Yeah, all relatively low-paying areas, and whether that has anything to do with it again is is, is another issue. I will say this much: there has been advances because um, my children have gone back a number of years now, a good while ago. But I remember taking two weeks. I was allowed to take the two weeks, but it was unpaid. And I was told at home I was taking it whether I liked it or not, so there was no choice in that. But I also have a recollection of a colleague who uh, who organised to spread out the two weeks and, and he actually put in for another week, I think. He was allowed another week unpaid over a period and taking one day a week. And I think that very lucky colleague, whatever glitch there was in the system, ended up uh, being paid for the days he was out. But I think that wasn't <laughs> the law as it, as it should have been at the time. So at least... That is changing, but very slowly, Elaine. And and I, I think that's the problem in that are we still in a scenario whereby the world of work is not giving proper provision for parenting and particularly in those very crucial early months in uh, in a child's life? Yeah, and I think it's it's broader than just what payments are available for men and what payments are available for women. We really do still need to change the mindset of who is the primary caregiver for young babies in this country and the the delegation of responsibility and the division of responsibility. Because if you look to the figures as well of female dropout from work, after each child the figures rise and even the figures with regards to women in um, part-time employment are significantly higher than men in part-time employment. And when you ask the question, uh, well, why are you part-time work in part-time work? It's because they are a lot of the time taking time out to care for young children or else elderly relatives. So that caring role does come down on the shoulders of women in this country still. While it's changed and while a lot of fathers are really hands-on and want to be involved and are taking the two weeks paternity and the two weeks parents leave, we still do have to go a long way to get that equality um, and that division of responsibility divided equally. Yeah, no, a couple of, couple of things about that. A, a, a lot of people will suggest that in a scenario where you have two parents, that the ideal situation is one of them work part-time and the other full-time, if, if it's financially viable at all. Admittedly, that does fall, the part-time role falls more on the, on the heads of women to a, a greater extent, even though personally I do know two couples actually where, where, where the man has taken the, the, the part-time role. But um, the other element to it is that, um, isn't it true also that you'll find a lot of instances a mother would want to be working part-time on the basis of um, that nurturing role, perhaps. Oh, I yeah. Don't know whether it's m- m- more so than the father, for instance, who might want to run out of the house. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. But I do think that does come down to societal society's view of what a man's role is traditionally and what a woman's role is traditionally. And I know from talking to people in the industry, HR experts, they will say a lot of the time that although we in this podcast are talking about maternity leave, paternity leave, you know, the first year of a child's life, that employers will look at the whole issue of pregnancy and and children as a kind of an 18 year process um, that women are the ones predominantly if the child is sick or if something happens um, in school, that they will have to take the time off. And there is instances where perhaps a man might say, 
I've a I've a, an appointment with my child tomorrow or a medical emergency. I have to to leave now, and they'll be told, well, what's your wife at? What? Why? Why can't she do it? Because it is more or less accepted that the woman will take on those extra responsibilities um, and will be the one who takes the time off work or or deals with the the crisis, whatever it may be. And that's down to culture more than legislation, really, isn't it? That is. And I know from talking to the Children's Minister, Roderick O'Gorman, he has said that we do really need to shift that mindset in our in the whole of society, but especially amongst fathers, that, you know, the care doesn't just lie with the mother, that fathers have to step up to the plate and accept that they are, you know, in it 50% or should be at least, and that more supports need to be given to the father and that's why he's talking about extending this parents leave which is given um to both mothers and fathers he wants that extended to about nine weeks for both the mother and the father by the time he leaves government now how long this government will last i think is is a question for another day but that would be his hope that it would be extended from the current two weeks up to five weeks next year that has been promised and then on to nine weeks before the the dissolution of this current government. Yeah, and I won I wonder, Elaine, does some of that come down to as we say, if we had a scenario whereby you, you know, within a couple you've one and a half working effectively, you know. And if as seems to be the case, and, and as you say, this needs to change, but if the person in the full time employment is the male, is he then going to be more insecure in terms of if he takes those times out? How's his employer going to look at him in terms of advancing a career and what have you? I, I wonder, does that feed into it? No, of course, it's unequal. and But you could similarly say in a situation where the, 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 the man is the part-time worker, perhaps in those instances, in, in, on the occasions where someone is sick, where there's an emergency or whatever, he might be the one to respond to it. But that the issue is broadly around the fact that the full-time role generally is taken by the man at the moment and, and that that could be uh, that would want to be addressed as much as anything. Yes, but is it you could flip that and ask? Well, why is the full time role being uh, taken up by men at the moment? Well, why? Well, are women just giving up their careers because it's seen as the the done thing to do? That it would be you know raise more questions than than answers if a family decided that no, actually the the father's going to step away in this instance and take up the the caring role and. It, Again, probably wider issues around childcare and the cost of childcare as well, because we do know that it is completely unaffordable the more children you have and, you know, it becomes like a second or third mortgage or perhaps even in some cases, if you have three or four children, it's equivalent to three or four mortgages. Um, So there is no choice there, even if a mother and father want to stay in full time employment, one has to give up and invariably we know from the figures that it's twice as likely that the woman will take uh, a, a, a step back from her career no matter how much she was involved in it or how much she really enjoyed her work life it seems that that's how families are are making or how families are deciding to go ahead with their their family life yeah it, it is interesting and i i wonder whether from the the male perspective is it down to pressure they feel from employers or from society or is it is it is there possibly also a sense of entitlement to the extent of men in some of those instances thinking well 
I'm the father, therefore I'll go out full time and, and my partner should have a greater responsibility. I mean, you, you've all those elements of it in the mix and I suppose the issue is how the hell you tackle it. Well, the first place you could probably tackle it is encouraging men to become more involved in family life. And as I said previously, you know, the really low uptake of what is an entitlement now and a paid entitlement through paternity leave and parents leave is not being availed of. So that begs the question of, you know, if if in the first weeks of a child's life, fathers aren't at home do you really expect them to take a back seat later on in life, maybe to, to rear children on a more full-time basis? I would guess the answer is no. Yeah. Is there anywhere that we can look at that things are more advanced in this respect? Yeah, some of the Scandinavian countries certainly have more of an equal uh, system of of giving both parents more more leave. And then you have you have other European countries as well that give up to three years to the mother um, in paid leave. So that's also the flip side. So there's no real perfect solution to this um, other than probably just look at giving greater responsibility or greater flexibility, should I say, in the system. Um, because at the moment it is very rigid. It's 26 weeks to the mother and the mother alone. And I know the UK offers um, an, a system of split leave. So the mother has to take a, a designated uh, time period at the very start of her pregnancy because, you know, or the after she has the baby for obvious reasons, recovery um, and all the rest that goes with childbirth. But then the remaining portion can be split between the partners. So if it's easier or uh, a better alternative for the father to take uh, most of the maternity leave, that can happen in the UK and it, although it's only taken up by a small minority of parents it is there and it really is supportive of going back to those self-employed women who who are not taking maternity leave at the moment and I've spoken to numerous self-employed women now who say it, 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 they didn't even consider the option of maternity benefit because if they were to take six months away they wouldn't have a business to go back to and people would be asking questions um, I spoke to one woman who actually went on or who had her child during the pandemic, had thought that she would take around six weeks. Now, that was extended to about two months because the work dried up when when lockdown happened. But then she felt the need to go back, even though it probably could have been more lucrative at the start, certainly to stay on maternity benefit. But she felt that she needed to be seen back in the business, that she needed to be in contact with clients and she took that hit financially to ensure that her business was still afloat and still there for her when she did return on a full time basis. And as I said, a lot of people in that sector would be saying that if it was means tested or if there was the ability to perhaps return for one day a week um, to just keep in touch um, with their business, that that would really be beneficial. And then you would have that financial cushion that is provided by the state at the moment. Um, another option as well is um, in the UK and Australia, they have a, a, a situation where you have keeping in touch days. Now, these are 10 days that women can go back to work, whether it's to return for certain projects or even for training during their maternity leave. And that doesn't have any impact on their benefits. So again, it's just helping people keep in touch with work. 
Yeah, and that that is really, I suppose, when we talk about cultural changes, that is one area where you could have changed very quickly. It doesn't take a cultural change. All you're really talking about is the, the system to have inbuilt uh, flexibilities in it. And similarly, Elaine, in, only from the point of view of that it's um, social protection department, people, for example, are unemployed. Sometimes they're reluctant to take up a small bit of work because of the hassle that would be involved in, in, in when that work finishes of going back into a scenario where they're getting benefits. It's it's one area where I think flexibility could easily be introduced, particularly with maternity and um, parental leave. And you have to wonder why they can't do that. Well, and, and we heard that with the pandemic unemployment payment as well, that people really didn't want to take up work because... <sighs> they may take up work this week and not have it next week and then they're missing out on the payment. Um, so it's a real issue in COVID as well. But I think maybe it comes down to logistics, it comes down to red tape, it comes down to people in offices saying that might be just a bit of hassle for us and extra work um, to go through, whether it was a means-tested system, whether it was people taking two days maternity leave a week and, and two days work or or whatever the case may be, but there really is a lack of flexibility. But also in this argument, we do have to consider that if you were to give women the option to perhaps go back to work, even on a part time basis um, and continue on um, on some rate of maternity benefit, you'd have to ensure that employees or employers didn't put pressure on women to return early and say, well, you're allowed to do it now, so we expect to see you back in the office for one day a week. Or we have a deadline coming coming around the corner. We need a bit of extra help. We're under pressure. We know you can take a leave of absence from maternity leave and then return again. We think you should do it. That really is it's a difficult one because you don't want any pressure on women um, or any expectation that they should go back earlier than they really want to, especially when maternity leave was so hard fought for. And those 26 weeks are really important, both for the mother and the child's development. Is the political will there, Elaine, to make changes, both in terms of making it more flexible in, in, in terms of how the, the public sector operates to facilitate that and employers being more willing to accept that this is an integral part of life and um, they need to, to use the phrase, get with the programme in that respect? Well, it really depends on the sector. As I said, there are some companies that are going ahead of the government and giving far more um, or making far more provisions for fathers than the state dictates at the moment. Um, but then on the flip side, you do have other sectors and, and areas where the uptake of paternity leave especially is really, really low. Um, so reading between the lines, you have to say that it's clearly not encouraged. Um, whether it's outright frowned upon, we don't know, but it certainly is not encouraged judging by the figures. Um, but we do know as well that the, the Minister, Roderick O'Gorman, is more inclined to move on parents' leave that would give the same amount of leave to women and men rather than maybe extending paternity leave, which is the the pair, the dad's only payment or maternity leave, which is for, for mothers. Um, he is going down that road. I think 12 months for both parents is probably the gold standard and what we all want to achieve. And in an ideal world, it's what parents would be allowed to have um, that 
and it would allow both or certainly one parent to stay at home for the first 12 months of a child's life. And that also would help with the issue of childcare um, because they are really interlinked and interwoven. And I know there's an issue now, especially since COVID, that a lot of creches are not offering places to kids under one. So you have a scenario where perhaps uh, families can't afford to take the unpaid leave, the unpaid maternity leave, but they can't get a, a creche place for children. Um, so they're back at work while the child is perhaps downstairs or grandparents are minding them in in, in the sitting room. That's where grandparents can mind them um, and feel safe to mind them because, again, we have issues around cocooning and all the rest and, and um, households mixing at the moment. So it's a really, really difficult situation for parents right now. It is, and the whole area is difficult, and it's one that, as you say, most definitely needs some reform. Elaine will be writing about this, and I'm certainly looking forward to it, in the Irish Examiner. Uh, Elaine Lachlan, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks very much. I'd like to thank producer JJ Vernon. Uh, you can subscribe to us, folks, on the usual platforms, uh, or you can get the podcast on the Irish Examiner website. And you can let me know what you think at mick.clifford.examiner.ie or on Twitter at, at mickcliff. We'll see you soon. On Formative, middle school kids from New York City public schools interview a phenomenal collection of grown-ups. Me, like, I don't know what I want to do. You don't have to have all the answers. I feel like a lot of people's favorite topics are, like, interest in their life. That is a really good answer. The podcast where the leaders of today are interviewed by leaders of tomorrow. Listen now at newyorkedge.org slash formative or wherever you get your podcasts.